from you. All right. So as with all dating relationships, when two imperfect people come together, there are bound to be challenges. So Christian dating, you know, there's no expectations. And I think we talked about this a few times ago, um, and I'm always going to bring it up. You got to start learning expectations. You know, ask that person that question. What are your expectations from me? All right. It's a very clear, concise way to communicate what's going on. It saves a lot of hurt. It saves a lot of disappointment. And it actually saves you uh, so you'll be fresh for the next person you date, right? Uh, because if you continuously go from relationship to relationship, that's why I feel sorry for some of you young kids dating at 15 and 16. Like, geez, you guys are worn out by 21. <laughs> Literally. All right? It's not that serious to be going from boy to boy or girl to girl. It's a little bit too much. When I think about the counselor, I think about all the things that we have questions for, right? Many of us have questions about our lives, our situations, marriages, our, our jobs, our employment, our children, and so forth. When I think about that, and you say, hey, who can I talk to? Why not the counselor? The counselor is here. He's here for you. So call the counselor. 10 to 2, the counselor. Hello, this is The Counselor, and I am your host, Sheldon Stovall. So today we're going to be talking about body and beauty standards. So this is America, um, and image is everything. Uh, but what we want to do with this show is we just want to kind of break it down a little bit. I know that the last uh, part one that we were talking about images, just kind of giving you guys some facts. Uh, so this time we're going to continue our series on body image. So I want you guys to ask yourself, why is the American body ideal for so many women to be so unrealistic and unattainable? So when we think about that, um, I'm telling my age again, guys, but um, I remember when reality TV first started. I actually remember when the first person and who the first person was on reality TV. So uh, just going back, thinking back, I remember everybody starting out on reality TV. Um, and that would be from the Kardashians, episode one, season one, to the real world, to many of these um, shows that you guys are seeing now, and actually some of these stars, if you've seen on these reality shows, uh, even that back that as far as back as the Housewives, right? Uh, that franchise. And so thinking back, um, people looked regular on TV, and for some reason, they thought that we didn't like it. So slowly, images started changing. Like, for example, I lived in Hollywood. So all of a sudden, you're seeing people getting all these augmentations on their face, right? So um, fillers, um, I remember Botox injections, 
um, all types of different masks that they had to tighten your skin. It was all about having good skin and good teeth and white teeth, right? Especially when you're in Hollywood or in the Los Angeles uh, area. Um, so what happened was people started feeling self-conscious, right? Oh my goodness, my behind looks flat on TV. Oh God, did you see me in those jeans? You couldn't even tell that I was a woman, right? These unrealistic and untainable ideals started popping up in magazines, right? And all of a sudden, you know, that's the way things went. People started going towards that look, started getting uh, butt injections, right? Uh, they were putting in at one time, you know, if you did, couldn't afford, you know, to go to a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon, um, you know, you still needed those things, right? Strippers, I'm talking to you guys. And so some of them would actually go, you know, to the, I call it the sweatshop, but it's where a doctor or a, a person that didn't get their degree or lost their um, um, license due to malpractice, it's still practicing, right? And so I remember when they were injecting cement into young ladies, cement, all about this ideal look, an unrealistic and unattainable look, right? So I remember when Cardi B, when she was um, on Love and Hip Hop New York, right? And she just felt like her teeth weren't the best, but everything else was good. I remember that, and now I don't even recognize her um, as a media mogul. I don't even recognize her. I remember the song, I got a bag and fixed my teeth, and then all of a sudden, now she looks like she got more bags and fixed a lot more things, right? So now it's an unrealistic and unattainable look, right? Is the body ideal for men and more realistic or attainable than the ideal for women, right? So we're gonna get into that a little bit more. So moms, I want you to go get your young sons. Uh, we're gonna be talking about male body image uh, versus female. We're also gonna be talking about boys' body image that is being shaped by social media. So go get your kids. Uh, this will be a really enlightening show. All right, so as far as men are concerned, you know, we all have this uh, uh, standard that we have to go by, right? A flat stomach and, you know, a few swollen arms. You know, you can stuff them in your jacket. Your arms so big you can't put them in a suit coat jacket. You know, that type of thing. You know, shirt unbuttoned, you know, all the way open. And, you know, six pack, I call it 12 pack. And some people have a 12 pack and they include the rib cage, you know? So some people really are in to obtaining this role. So yes, does uh, men have a more, uh, sorry, realistic attainable ideal than women? So we'll talk about that. Does this tell us anything about the roles we expect men and women to fulfill? So does having a better body make you more of a man, right? Does having a better looking body make you the most intelligent person in the room, right? You might be the most uh, aesthetically attractive, but are you the most intelligent, right? So these things happen as well. Can you think of any plus size celebrities today like when I was uh, doing this survey, 
I, I tried to think myself uh, for a male plus size celebrity, and I couldn't think of anybody. Um, Cedric the Entertainer, but I mean, I don't consider that plus size. Uncle, you know, Cedric looks like an uncle or, you know, someone that you know, a relative, right? Um, so for me, I don't think he's a plus size, but if that's what we're thinking about, you know, uh, we were having a discussion the other day with some of our producers and, you know, all the body standards that Lizzo has, even for her shape and size and how they celebrate her, she has issues because they don't want her to lose weight, right? So even celebrities later that are in this industry, if you're a certain size and that size is selling your product and then you lose weight, you know, you kind of, you just, you know, lost some weight and lost yourself a job, right? So that's happened. I'm not going to really go back into that, but um, that has happened in my lifetime too, where certain people who were always in newspapers and magazines for up and down weight, all of a sudden they lost all the weight. You haven't seen them since. So that was their ideal. I can't remember the lady's name, but she was on Cheers. She was like the manager. So anyway, uh, how are they portrayed and how has movement changed within the last five years or so? Right. So these stars, you know, they they go through these imaging changes and all of a sudden and this was when magazines were around, you know, Oprah was losing. Oprah was gaining. Oprah's back on the bench. You know, you start seeing these different stories, right, and portrayals of weight loss and weight gains. And we're going to find out there's a reason why these things are out there. Right. These are industries that you're dealing with. Right. So you're you're learning about what you should look like by social media, by the mainstream media, by schoolmates, your peers. So you're learning each day how you are supposed to look. So with images of ideal beauty bombarding us daily, it is easy to forget the standards of beauty and that they are arbitrary and that they vary greatly both from one culture to another over time, right? So this is America's idea, right? This is America. So I didn't get any of my studies from America because already our minds are tainted, right? We already think what people are supposed to look like. We're being told what to think that, right? When you're watching movies, when you're seeing um, pictures on social media, kind of everybody looks like they're having the same, uh, they go to the same gym, they eat the same food and they have the same body types, right? So where women, um, there are contexts in the world where women are valued mainly for fertility, right? So their ability to bear and nurture children, often guys are looking for in some other cultures, like a full-bodied woman with broad hips and ample breasts. Um, and there will be considered the most beautiful, right? So in other countries, some guys are, when they're looking for a wife, they're looking for a certain type figure woman. So... Again, we're not using America right now. We're going to talk about Fiji. Um, so Fiji, the large bodies are a symbol of one's status and power, right? So individuals who would be classified as obese in the United States are considered the most attractive and desirable members of this culture. So that's why I said we're not using studies from the United States right now. Right. So in other countries in Fiji, so if someone is looking for 
you know, to be someone to lead them or they're looking towards their leaders. They're looking for somebody who's big and strong, you know, and healthy, right? Um, you know, when they're looking for someone to bear their children, they want that child to get those attributes too, right? They want the child to have thicker body shape. Um, they want the child to, you know, be able to be kind of like an athletic build, right? We'll call it an athletic build. So that's what some of these other countries, when they're looking, right? In our country, it's a little different, right? The social media kind of tells us what we should look like. And we're going to find that out. So, but as social conditions and gender roles change, so do the ideas of beauty. So in the, the 1960s and 70s and 80s, the idea of beauty shifted from mature, curvaceous body, right? Like Marilyn Monroe, like Whoopi Goldberg, um, uh, to the stick, thin, flat-chested figure, like capitalized by supermodels, like Twiggy, um, I had to look up who that was, and Kendall Jenner, and um, also the Renner's daughters, I can't remember their names, um, them as well, like they're famous and popular, and they're very thin, right? So thin is in in America, right? And I think we talked about that the other day, like in the 80s, uh, the 90s, I believe, in the 2000s, Tyra Banks and different uh, models, they look very different than the Kendall Jenner's and the Gigi Hadid's, right? So this industry is a multi-billion dollar economy and it's built on our insecurities about the size, right? Your size has a lot to do with it. Some people are ashamed when they go shopping with friends or shame when they go shopping and you'll see them cover up or fold over the size, right? So people are concerned about their size. And like I joked about it the other day, the size two, but I actually had a friend who, you know, wanted to remain like a zero or one. I can't even remember because guys, we don't go that low, but you know, and she had gained like a, a little bit of weight in her, her body, her waist over time, you know, she got older, we got older, she gained a little more waist in her waist, and she was upset because she went up a shape, a waist size. So it's it's concerning, right? When size is that important. Shape, right? So how someone is shaped um, and the appearance of our bodies. So I often say this, um, and I'm going to repeat it because I don't think there's anything wrong with it, right? Think about saving money. So if you were a designer and you had a runway, right? And, um, you know, obviously you're not getting paid yet when you're starting out, you know, getting the materials together and designing the material. So if you're a designer and you need models and you need to make these clothes to fit perfectly, are you going to get someone who has a, a plus size that might use more material, right? Or are you going to get someone who you just need a sliver of material to go ahead and put it on and get your design ready, right? Because usually when people, you know, they, you know, are coming out with a clothing line or whatever, they're going to buy mostly all of that material. They're going to buy all of those uh, materials out there so that no one else can come out with their unique piece, right? So... When you're using that, now each yard, right, that costs money. So think about it. You're not going to have 
plus size models modeling your clothes because that's a lot of material that you can be using and selling, right? But if you get someone that's about this big, right? There you go. So again, sometimes these industries, right? They're thinking about saving money or making money. It's not all about you can only get into this Chanel suit if you're a size one and it don't look like something right on somebody if they're a size 10 or a 15, right? I've seen it, them all in Chanel suits. You guys all look the same in a Chanel suit. I'm sorry. Just want to let you know that. <laughs> the leading beauty industries and fashion, right, um, like cat fashion and cosmetics and weight loss and cosmetic surgery, these people make money from our insecurities as well and make a larger and greater profit. So the more dissatisfied we are with our bodies or our appearance, right? The greater profit that they're going to make. So why would I tell you that you're all set, you know, you're cured and disallow you to come back in my office? Will I make any more money from you? No. Right. So these industries, they think like this. Let's keep telling them that they're ugly. Let's keep telling them that they're overweight. Let's put movies out picking on, you know, a chubby kid. Um, let's put movies out about somebody with acne because we need to sell this facial product. Right. Let's do another infomercial. I forget who that was that never had acne in their life. I don't know if it was Justin Bieber or one of them, Lindsay Lohan. One of them had this. Um, commercial about getting your skincare, like skin skincare. And they played like on MTV when I was younger and all these different stations, like every 15 minutes, I seen a commercial about skincare, right? And I looked and I would always see them on TV and I've never seen a blemish on their face, right? So they were using celebrities that we knew, right? To sell me skincare, right? So when you think about it, the more someone keeps putting someone up on TV with acne on their face, right? And saying what you can do to fix it, the more self-conscious you become if you are a regular teen like the rest of us who might've gotten acne. It happens. It's part of growing up and your body dealing with the world and adjusting and changing, right? There's nothing wrong with acne. It's on your face. It's not on yours. It's not on the next person. What do you care? if someone has acne, right? So body image, right? When people are telling you that you're overweight, I, I said this the other day as well, you gotta meet some of the other family. Maybe that's a size that's regular in that family. So but just because you're thin and you know, your knees knock together and whatever goes on, you know, however these kids cracking each other these days, that doesn't mean that she comes from a family that's thin. So why the need? to continuously harass people about their body and make people feel uncomfortable about their body. So I want you guys to ask yourself, right? And these are things I just want you guys to think about. Why is it okay for women to dress in menswear style suits, but oddly unacceptable for men to dress in skirts, lace, or anything considered feminine, right? And again, body image, and it comes from everywhere. So we're just kind of peeling this apart a little bit, but it comes from everywhere, right? It comes from um, your family, your church setting, your culture, right? So it's coming from all around you. 
Um, so if some, you know, I, who was it? Uh, Will Smith's son, like Jaden Smith, right? He came out with Styles. Um, what was the other? EJ. Um, these people came out, you know, wearing the diverse styles, the men's skirts, the men's uh, purses, things like that. And still people had something to say, right? And that's, again, this is an hour, the U.S. society. This is what we are telling each other that you can't wear what you want, but we are the land of free, but you can't look a certain way if you don't look like me. Right. So when we start thinking about that, what are we telling other cultures about us as well? Um, which is more oppressive to women? Victorian era, the corset, right? You see some of these shows where they're putting those corsets on, trying to get into that wedding dress, say yes to the dress and all these things. And they're pulling those corsets, right? Uh, full skirts. You've seen the young Christian ladies, you know. In many cultures, I do remember in the Hispanic culture a lot, uh, when I used to work in some of the fast food industries, I would meet some of the Hispanic young ladies and they would have dresses like really sweeping the floor. And that wasn't even the clothing standard for there, but they got it approved because it was a religious thing, right? So wearing these full skirts, bonnets, um, and gloves, um, all that pressure to wear... Um, you know, people have to be modest, right? That's the ideal to have a modest pair. Or the opposite to that um, is the pressure to wear low-cut, like, form-fitting shirts and tight, ultra-low, like, rise jeans. So think about how much time do you spend each day on your clothing and makeup? And compare this with the amount of time you spend on like significant other things, like significant social issues, like, I don't know, poverty, homeless children, feeding homeless people, caring for dogs and um, shelters, animal shelters. There's so many other things we can do in this country besides trying to measure ourselves to someone else. Um, have you ever noticed how many women's cosmetic lines there are, right? And how many of those that are made to look and smell like food, right? So women are encouraged to nourish their bodies with products like, what, vanilla, sugar facial scrubs. I remember when those came out, chocolate mousse moisturizers um, and coconut body butters. Um, what are some arguments against cosmetic surgery? And I stopped it right there because I want you guys, there's so many pros, like, why should I, what should I do? How should I get this augmented? How, sh how should I get this done? Right? Is this going to make me look thinner? Right? But what are the, pro the cons? What are the things that are negative about surgery, cosmetic surgery? So I want you guys to think about that. And if any of these questions um, you have an answer to, I want you to go ahead and comment below. Uh, because again, this is a conversation Thank you guys for emailing. My emails are like flowing over and we have some people that are going through the email. So they are getting back to you. Uh, but we want to continue on this body image. Um, how is social media affecting your body image? Right. Is social media making you feel more uncomfortable about yourself? 
So that's something that we want to talk about. And we're going to talk about this going forward now and also in the future. Um, social media can and then hurt your body image by constantly exposing yourself to the ideal body type, right? So when you're on TikTok and you're scrolling and you're scrolling, and I just realized if you like something or if you save a video, I didn't know this, or, if, or you know, I was looking for, you know, just how these views are going so big. And I just kind of noticed a few of the views. So I, I clicked on it. I liked it just to save it. And now I'm getting the same type of video over and over again. And I didn't even notice. I thought that that was what social media was. Like everybody's like doing the same thing. No, if you like a certain body type and you swipe up on that or you hit like, guess what? Anything else is coming in for that body type or what that looks like or that video, similar to that video is going to come feed you. So you're going to start thinking that that's what people are supposed to look like, right? So by constantly exposing yourself to this ideal body type, you're leading to constant comparisons of yourself to unrealistic standards, right? So now you're thinking that you're supposed to have a 12 pack with 17 uh, rib cage showing pieces of your rib cage showing. Like you're thinking that that's what you're supposed to look like, right? And this is what we want to start working with you guys. That's not what you're supposed to look like. It's called Photoshop and filters, and they're readily available to users. And if you want it to look like a certain way, all you have to do is hit the filter button and you will too. So I just want to let you guys know, and I always want to extend the counselor. If you or someone that you know are dealing with body image issues or have questions on body and beauty standards, please give us a call here at the counselor network. The number is 413-370-9937, or you can email me at promo at the counselor dot live or you can slide up in my DMs. The Counselor. When I think about The Counselor, I think about all the things that we have questions for, right? Many of us have questions about our lives, our situations, marriages, our, our jobs, our employment, our children, and so forth. When I think about that, and you say, hey, who can I talk to? Why not the counselor? The counselor is here. He's here for you. So call the counselor. 10 to 2. The counselor.